Speaking of which, I've been on a I've been a G funk kick as of late. <laughs> I was yeah. trying when you said send me some G funk. I was just like I was just like maybe I should send you that MC Hammer album when he did <laughs> when he tried to do the G funk. Have you ever heard that? Oh, oh no, no, I haven't. So he did that was his first album in the nineties, and the 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 single from it was like pumps and a bump, pumps and a bump. We like the girls with the pumps and the bump, and a, and a, and. And it's and there's so much stuff where he's just trying to become not so MC Hammer and more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the album might just be called Hammer. I don't remember what it's called, but it's uh, uh, it's probably really 1993, quickly. two, three, something like that. I don't it's, remember when it came out. So we've got uh, so we've got Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, which is 1990. Then you got Too Legit to Quit. Yeah, and, the one, the uh, one after that. So that is the funky headhunter. The funky headhunter. Yeah. Quite literally just like <laughs> it's just like he completely yeah, he I completely could, changed his style for that album. But there, if I remember right, there is some pretty fun stuff where he's trying to do the G Funk thing on there. Pumps and a bump. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Pumps Don't and a bump. stop. Pumps and a bump. Uh what is Ooh. it? Let's have let's have a release of reception. Uh the original Music video featured Hammer wearing nothing but a speedo and, da- <laughs> and dancing suggestively alongside numerous swimsuit-clad women, which resulted in being banned from MTV as it was considered too graphic. Um, an alternative video was filmed with Hammer fully clothed and featuring an appearance by Deon Sanders while promoted as representing a remix of the song. So, yeah. Pumps and a bump. <laughs> yeah, pumps and a bump. There you yeah, go. cool. Hey, that with that we could just play that at the beginning of the episode because that yeah. happened. What year was that album? Was that ninety two? Uh, ninety four. That one. Ninety four. Uh, that's around the fits. time. That's around the time that we're going to be talking about today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, a, a CNR sidebar. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, if you're new, it's uh, cranked and ranked. So it's still the two dudes. But also, uh, instead of talking about a ranking of an album or years or whatever, this is just a sidebar discussion about some topic that we feel yeah. like we could fill an hour and a half uh, with entertainment. And um, this it's a, it's a movie one, which is why I wore my favorite movie shirt that I have. No, nice. we're not talking about Point Break today. In the in the podcast world, I'm wearing a shirt that's got the image from Point Break, and it says "Via con Dios," um, or as <laughs> Keanu Reeves would say it, "Via con Dios." Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're not talking about Point Break, although that is one of my favorite movies of all time. But that's a fucking great one. Um, th- this is it's a movie one, and it, it's weird how this kind of evolved. Because I think originally hmm. we had discussed just talking about Polly Shore movies. Yeah. And for some reason, like when it, whenever I start thinking about the movie Encino Man, my connection isn't other Polly Shore movies. My connection is Brendan Fraser and then Airheads. Because they're both yeah. 
you know, one is actually a rock and roll movie, but the other one has like quite the rock and roll vibe in it. And it's and they're also products of the early 90s. They feel like 90s movies. Yeah. And so uh, it, the Polly Shore thing became a Brendan Fraser double feature. Yes. <laughs> which, <Yeah>. is, <laughs> which is where we are right now. Um, I'm old head. As usual with me, as always, Eddie Sparks. That's that's me. Yo. Yep. Um, Eddie Sparks I'm a stony, is, crusty dude with a mop on top. Did you did you do that on purpose? You wearing a stone Temple Pilots shirt and 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 Polly's uh, character is stony in Encino Man. We's a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so these were both once again we're we're, we're you know we're we're going to have these different perspectives here because I saw mm-hmm. both these movies in the theater and have loved them ever since. You you know, obviously weren't alive. But did I mm-hmm. did I did I catch correctly that you just saw Airheads fully for the first time this week? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So, so that that's a movie that's just escaped me on account of it simply not being on streaming services or yeah, yeah. like you know because guarantee if if it was on netflix or disney plus it would have been like the first thing i clicked on yeah but yeah so so what we're gonna do is discuss both those movies and the soundtracks which i have both of those in yesterday i actually watched both movies back to back and then in the evening i listened to both soundtracks back to back and so i'm fresh again they're movies i've seen I've probably seen Encino Man a hundred times, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Airheads maybe fifty. I mean, it's uh, shit. It's a lot. I've watched it a lot over the years. Um, I got to be honest. I I got to thinking about like the numerical value of like how much time I've invested in like one single piece of media the other day, and that just yeah. got me thinking. Like, San GTA San Andreas alone probably accounts for an entire year of my life let alone the amount of time I've spent watching both Wayne's World movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I genuinely think it, it's a shocking amount of time. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, I, can mm. you, can, think about how much time we've spent doing these shows right now. Because mm. now we're, go, we're going on, we're completing our third year. We're almost done. We're, we're, we're into the we've third com- year. Right, we're, we're we're we've completed the third year. We're into the fourth. Oh shit! Okay, so yeah. a long time. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so today we're just going to be um, discussing these movies. I figured we'd start. We do them in 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 chronological order, and uh, yeah. and do Encino Man first. Um, okay, which uh, so I'll, I guess I'll start it off because I you know back in the day. So I so Encino Man was ninety two, and so I would have been thirteen, right? Something like that. Um, and it, I was prime. The movie was aimed at me, and it was around mm. the time that I I felt very represented in the world of uh, uh, movies because you know several months prior was when Wayne's World came out, which I also mm-hmm. felt was a movie that was just aimed right at thirteen year old old head. Uh, young head, but um, <laughs> but I knew Polly Shore because Polly Shore did shit on MTV, and I watched yeah. a lot of MTV, so I knew who he was. And then you see the preview for the movie, and of course, like I watched the I, I watched the trailers for both movies, and when I saw the Encino Man trailer, I was like, 
yeah, 13 Army was all over this shit. And, and I'm pretty yeah. sure <laughs> I know I saw it at least twice in the theater. And the first one, I'm sure I'm sure was on the first weekend that it came wow. out. Um, but of course, I loved it. And um, also, it was one of those it was one of those weird moments. I, I, I fully remember going into the movie and all of a sudden being like, is that fucking Mikey from Goonies? <laughs> because I'm like, cause he's, cause now he's older and I'm like, yeah, yeah. People age, but I don't think I saw him in anything. And then all of a sudden he was in Encino man. And I was just like, yeah. holy shit, this kid that like, got older and bigger. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, Sean Astin is the actor. If you didn't know, mm. um, who's in the movie with Polly Shore and, uh, Brendan Fraser. I think it's his first, is it? I think it's his first big role where he's like um, a prominent actor in the movie. I'm gonna have a quick look. Uh, list of uh, Brendan Fraser performances. Fraser. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I immediately knew I'd fucked it. Uh, okay. I only, yeah. I only do that because I spent the majority of my life saying Fraser, yeah. and then I saw a video of him explaining that it's like Razor. With the, with an FR uh, before it, and I was like, "Oh, Fraser! I've been one of those people saying it wrong." It's like the the Neil Peart thing. Neil Peart, Pert. Neil Pert. Yeah, yeah. I said Neil Pert for yeah. a very long time too. Yeah, I, it wasn't until we started doing this podcast that I started saying Peart. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Dogfight is a movie that came before Encino Man, and his role is listed as sailor number one okay so <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so this, this was is definitely his, his first if i remember right though he talked about how he actually filmed this movie after the movie school ties and, and oh. but this but this one came out first and because it was such a big hit that ended up making the movie school ties really big which i i saw that one as well i wasn't hmm. i was a big i have always been a big brendan fraser fan Although I've never seen any of the mummy movies and I feel, Oh really? really? I feel bad about that. I feel like I should get on. (laughs) But anyway, so I saw Encino man in the theater and loved it. And, um, it went, it it went through a strange metamorphosis with me where it was a movie that I enjoyed because I was a young teen in the nineties. And then many, many, many years later revisiting the movie in my like probably in my thirties is where it started to become a really big deal again, because all of a sudden there was this nostalgia factor that came into it, not only with just the nineties and I enjoyed the nineties, but also the idea of a movie like this where these were the main characters. And yeah, I I mean, shit like this, like these two movies we're talking about, this shit isn't really going to get made by a major Hollywood studio anymore. Um, nah. if they're going to be independent movies uh, or, you know, or whatever, but, but at that point, like rock and roll was a, was a fucking big deal and, yeah, um, yeah. And rock and roll culture and all that shit. And so, um, Encino man was, was, you know, right up my alley. Cause it had all of that. Um, mm. well, uh, the tagline for the movie is where the stone age meets the rock age. Yeah. Yeah. There so you go. Yeah. And, Oh, and but so, OK, so over in your neck of the woods, if you ever find a copy of this on on VHS or DVD, is it called California Man over there? It, it'll be. Yeah, it's um, Encino Man, known as California Man in several territories, is a 1992 American comedy film, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah, it would be California Man. You know, I haven't actually checked to see if it's on Disney Plus because would it would it fall under that? I'm not entirely sure. Which it, which is weird. I don't. I've never understood why they needed to do that. Like, why couldn't it? Encino Man is such a better title, and it only takes a couple seconds for somebody to say Encino's in California. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 weird. Oh no! I just got Encanto. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I don't. I don't. I don't like a lot of Disney movies, but I enjoyed that one. I tell you what, though, like, it, it, you're right. It it would just take saying, yeah, Encino's in California. It's such a stupid thing to change. Maybe they thought it would it would it would bring in more people in other countries if it was called California Man because they wouldn't have to wor- wonder what it was. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that we I did I don't think did we ever get that courtesy over here? There wasn't like. It's like when the when the full Monty came out, they didn't like they, they didn't like change it to fully naked dudes over in yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the uh, I think the religious elite would probably have had something to say about a film titled that. <laughs> um, there was a band called the Bare Naked Ladies, um, but they're from Canada. But still, well, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Ladies, fine. Dudes, no, yeah. we don't want any naked dudes anywhere. Anyway. So, so that brings us, let's, let's flash forward though to, to, um, because like the movie became one of my favorite movies just because of not only the nostalgia, but also the, the more that I watched it and I got older, the more that I just was baffled by how unapologetically stupid it is. (laughs) And we'll get it, we'll get into that, but let's move, let's move to when you first saw this movie, which I'm, I'm, you know, would, would easily would have been in this millennium, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago when we got talking about films like Wayne's world and, you know, stuff from the eighties. Oh, pretty recent. Yeah. Pretty recent. I'd say maybe late 2021 we got to talking about it and, and on one of the episodes we were talking and you brought up Encino Man and it's, I said that's a film I've been meaning to get around to and you were dumbfounded you were like you've never seen Encino Man <laughs> like yeah. that's you as a fucking movie <laughs> yeah you know, you know, so I was like yeah okay I need to get on this so I, I very quickly I did um I still need to watch Son-in-Law and uh in the army now though but uh, that's yeah. for another sidebar sometime well, um, down the well, line. Well, we son, a- son-in-law, um, uh, Brendan Fraser makes an appearance as Link. Mm-hmm. He just randomly shows up in the hallway or something. And he's in, in the army now as well. He plays a soldier with a... Um, where it says Link on his okay. chest. And it's like, okay. and it's like ah, he's managed to make it into all three. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I was thrilled when I started watching it, and I was like, "Dude, this is like a third Wayne's World." Like, <laughs> it, it, it's like Wayne's World one point five, you know? Yeah. Where it's like I was watching it, and I thought, "Oh my god, I need." I I didn't know there were any other movies like it apart from Wayne's World and Bill and Ted, really. Yeah. Like the the rock and roll buddy comedy. Thing. Yeah, I love that. Or, I love or, I love a good rock and roll buddy comedy. I, I um, guess it would be a buddy. Comedy Ooh, in this case, good I mean, one. Everyone, I mean, everyone, everyone got real sick of Paulie Shore. I, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a, a Kevin Smith uh, thing. You know, he, he does like those, those where he speaks for like three hours and shit, and, they, and you can buy DVDs of it. I think it was the very first one he did where he talked about 
how everybody felt about Polly Shore, about how like around 1992, everyone's like, hey, buddy, the weasel. And then like two years later, everyone's like, fuck Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like uh-huh. everyone got real sick of him real quick. I really didn't. I saw. Yeah. I saw a son-in-law and, and in the army now in the theater. And then I didn't see jury duty in the theater, though, but I saw it later. Um, but that's a. Uh, that's, an, that's another one. Anyway, um, I saw I saw Biodome a couple of, uh, quite a few years ago after trawling through a bunch of VHS tapes. Yeah, so yeah, uh, that was fun. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so it's Eno Man. Well, you know the beginning of Pauly Shore's movie career and uh, Brendan Fraser, who um, yeah. So which is funny. So so watching the movie again now. Yesterday I watched it the most sort of like critically I've ever watched it just to break <laughs> it apart for things to talk about. And the one thing is, is uh, with with having very few lines, Brennan Fraser's pretty fucking good, and yeah, and sells this stupid idea of a caveman way better than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's just so endearing, you know. The mo- the moment yeah. they start teaching him stuff, and you know, he's likable. He's a yeah. really likable you know, brute, <laughs> which I, which I like the idea of like, you know, everyone thinks the caveman is going to be, you know, crazy and brutal. And then he's literally just a really curious, nice dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> I started to break the movie apart and there's a few things I, I, it's always, it's always funny to me that the person that's technically the protagonist in the movie really sucks. And that's Sean Astin's character, Dave. Dave, <laughs> Dave sucks the whole movie. He's like <laughs> a total douchebag who's obsessed with becoming popular without really having to do anything. Or yeah, um, and uh, and it's just so funny because he does like. There's a point in the movie where they're at the they're at the uh, the ice skating rink, and he just randomly has a picture of him and this girl together in the bathtub yeah and he's like remember we've been naked we together naked together yeah <laughs> and i'm just like man they really drove home the fact that look in case you were wondering dave sucks <laughs> yeah yeah it is it, it's, it's that thing of like you don't want to be this guy even if you relate no. to him you know which that's yeah. that's this already this is the this is the worst way to deal with your unpopularity. <laughs> yeah, it, which is so funny because he's the technically the protagonist, but he's not likable at all. Whereas whereas you have Stony, his buddy, who's kind of the fuck yeah. up, but seems to be the one that's the voice of reason <laughs> for yeah. the majority of the movie. Um, <laughs> but there's a few things. Has there been somebody? Whoever's listening or watching this, let me know the answer to this question. Has there been a movie made past the 90s that has a fucking car riding on the two side wheels? <laughs> because that, yeah. seemed like, that seemed like a thing that was in like 50 movies in the 80s and 90s. And I've never seen it since. And it's, yeah, almost, it's, like, it's almost like we were supposed to suspend disbelief that, oh, this is doable. <laughs> a, car, a car can easily drive on to the two two wheels on the side and nothing would break and everything would be fine like that i'm trying to, yeah because like knight rider did it a fuck ton 
Um, I'm pretty sure it was but, in like a police academy movie as well. Yeah, it, I mean stuff like that. It had, it, it had to have been in one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Naked um, Gun, some shit. All, all comedies, but I just love how that seems yeah. like a thing that is in the past. Nobody does the the car ends up on two wheels thing anymore. Surely it happened in License to Drive. It had to no, have. No, it didn't. Does it not? No, really? it doesn't. I mean, he does drive the car backwards at the end of the of the thing, but um, yeah. no, no, I don't uh, think he ends up. It ends up on two wheels in that movie. I know that movie very well. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't think that happens. But anyway, let's go. <laughs> what is with the fucking car sound effects today? Like I heard a heard a tire screech outside. It's they're they're like you need to be talking about GTA. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> But then I started to I then I started to pick apart things in the movie story wise that don't even have anything to do with the caveman part of it. Okay. That that <laughs> if if somebody had just looked at the writers of the movie and said why it never would have gotten done because it so there's so many things that don't that just flat out do not make sense. So yeah. here's here's one example. <laughs> After the two wheel car thing, they just happen to end up at a bar during the day, uh, which yep. is, which is for some reason is packed full of people all dancing, who all yep. seem like adults of all different races and types. Everybody having a fucking good time. The only people who shouldn't be in there are the three t- teenagers that are in there, but for some reason the cops bust in. And the whole place clears out. There's no uh, scene. There's no scene in there where people are doing drugs or gambling. It's literally just a bar with some drinks and some dancing. But for some reason, when the cops show up, everybody fucking leaves. And I'm nah, just dude, like, it's just the fun police, man. It's the fun that's police. what it is. It's the fucking yeah. fun police. Hold on, I gotta, <laughs> I'm gonna do, put on. I'm gonna do. Do not disturb. I'm fucking blowing up over here. All right. Anyway, oh, sorry damn. about that. Um. So. Uh, I just that that doesn't make any sense. I realize that they'll get in trouble because they're underage. Yeah. But why does the whole bar have to? Clear Everyone out? runs. Everyone <laughs> runs. But here's the biggest one. Here's the biggest. Somebody just needed to ask the question. All right. So the end of the movie. <laughs> the um the so they so Link is going to the prom with the girl that that Dave wants to be with. They I go to the prom, but then this. you find out. Then you find out that that uh, uh, Matt, the bully, who's that that actor. That's one of the best performances in any movie. The guy that plays Matt, that guy yeah. fucking rules. Uh, anyway, wait, can, can, I, can I do the can I do the thing? Yeah. <laughs> he's doing that thing where he pops <laughs> into frame and shakes his head. <laughs> Shush. And anyway, um, so so he, they they find out that Matt's figured out that Link's a caveman and he's gonna go out him. And so Dave and Stony go to the prom to try to stop him. They don't actually do anything because Matt still gets on the stage and says he's a caveman, which is like one of my favorite parts of the movie. And then Link himself throws throws him into a cake. Polly Shore goes over, pours some 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 uh, uh, a juice on his head. Some and juice. Then, so 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 remember uh, the, the whole time before this, Homegirl wants nothing to do with Dave. 
She doesn't want to go to the prom with him. She won't doesn't want to be his girlfriend. She wanted the, to go with Link. And then all of a sudden yeah. at the end of the movie, after the after the after the 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 prom, they're at Dave's house by the pool, and she goes, That was really great what you did back there. And then all of a sudden they're kissing and they're together. And I'm I'm like, what the fuck did Dave do? The only thing shit. <laughs> the only thing that Dave did at that dance <clears throat> was dance. When everyone else is doing the dance, he goes to her and says, Watch this. And he goes over and he does it. He does it. He does the fucking dance. <laughs> so is she really, she was really that impressed out of all the people that were dancing. Dave's bit dancing was clearly the best. And so she's like, it was really great. What you did back there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. And we're supposed to be perfectly fine with this girl that wanted nothing to do with Dave. All of a sudden it's just like, I'm your girlfriend now because of, whatever the fuck you just did in yeah. the dance. <laughs> hey, look, if you're remotely adjacent to some caveman shit, you're getting laid. That's what I've learned. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess technically Dave, Dave does get punched by Matt, but once again... That, that's that's more of an action on Dave on, yeah, on yeah. Matt's part than like, yeah, he, did, like he just Dave, took a punch to the face. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, which he had already been bullied by Matt earlier. So why didn't if that's what he did, then why didn't <laughs> why didn't she go for him back then? So it just doesn't. There's so many things that that if if, if somebody had just said why, <laughs> they'd have been like, ah, you're right. Fuck it. Let's rewrite this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, that's um, the thing, though. All, all the while, like the 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 thing that gets me is the fact that. A band like Infectious Grooves yes. are playing at the prom dance. Why the fuck does this shit not happen in my life? You know? <laughs> Fucking Rob Trujillo up there on the stage yeah. and everything. Yeah. That's killer. The, I love and that's Love another that. thing. Has there been that that's another thing that seemed to have died in the 90s where people would sporadically break into a dance in a movie that wasn't a musical? <laughs> yeah. Because <we>, in <laughs> musicals, there's dancing and singing. But it was a thing where it was like the 80s and 90s, it was like, hey, we're at a prom. Now we all have to start doing a dance together. They did it in Teen Wolf, where all of a sudden everybody knew the wolf dance. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's obviously Footloose. We also have Footloose is uh, up that counts because it's about dancing. So that's, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, but like uh, I'm trying to think that there's that scene at the end of Crossroads where um oh, Ralph Macchio, you know, <laughs> absolutely hands Steve Vai's ass to him. Um <laughs> Do you know what I love in that scene? Do you, do you know what I absolutely love? The fact that everything right up until the last note of like the um solo, I can't remember what um Ralph Macchio's called in that movie. It, I don't know. It could, it, it could I, be fucking Daniel for a while. I, 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 I love how you call him Ralph Macchio like he's a fucking yeah. coffee drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it Ralph, Ralph Macchiato? Macchiato. Ralph Macchiato. Yeah, Ralph Macchiato. <laughs> uh, we're going with that. Now. That's his name now, Ralph Macchiato. Um, but yeah, uh, I love that, like... I loved Crossroads growing up, and I loved Karate Kid growing up, and I was yeah. just like... After a while, I thought to myself... This guy's got a real knack for, um, you know, teaming up with an old dude and winning. <laughs> but yeah. like, I, I it just cycling back around to that scene in Crossroads where yeah. he has that gu- guitar duel with Steve Vai, who is 
who's who's the devil. Um, everything in that guitar solo up until the last note, which has a harmony and a massive whole reverb on it, yeah, which makes it sound most triumphant. Yeah, but like just adds that layer of 80s cheese that's just so unattainably awesome in real life but i just remember seeing that and thinking that's fucking rad and then (laughs) lo and behold everyone starts dancing (laughs) and it's like if i was gonna make a movie it would have a impromptu dance at the end yeah for no reason all of a sudden everybody knows this dance yeah yeah Um, yeah (laughs) Speaking of that, we can talk about the the soundtrack, which I have on cassette. Nice, Encino Man, dude. These are both these awesome. are both soundtracks that. Well, the Airhead soundtrack is not on vinyl. This one you can get on vinyl, but it's like it's from like Japan or Germany, um, and they're very expensive. But one day I will get one. But nice. like, you know, for the podcast people, I'm showing my cassette to Beautiful. the to the crowd out there absolutely beautiful now the print on this is really small so i'm gonna have to get my glasses because oh nerd (laughs) (laughs) so if you look at the inside my favorite thing is that i love it when soundtracks have pictures from a part of the movie that didn't make the final cut which is that girl playing hopscotch right in front of uh, link (laughs) but there's that and then the other side has some other pictures you know from the movie cool um, hopefully everybody can see that in the podcast world. I apologize. It's very cool. That's, um, that's ace, but the soundtrack, uh, begins with you're invited, but your friend can't come by Vince Neil. That's a fucking banger. Killer. That's a great, that's a, that was the music video that he had for Encino man at the time. Mm. Um, and then there's uh, a cover of wild thing by cheap trick that I like cheap trick a lot, but it's like, Oh my God. Inside, inside of it, they're called cheap thrick. I don't know if you can see it. It says cheap thrick. Does it say it on the back too? No, it actually says cheap, cheap trick. But right here it says cheap thrick. <laughs> All right. There you go. It's worth more cheap money. There's a, there's a misprint. Um, then we have queen with stone cold crazy. Then mm-hmm. we have um, probably your favorite on this soundtrack. Scatterbrain with mama said, knock you out is on mm-hmm. this yeah and then we have crystal waters with you turn me on which is like i think that's from the scene where they're in the club and everybody's dancing and then what the fuck what is this called <laughs> you yothu yindi yothu yindi with treaty which is which is that song when link's looking at the tv it plays after sacred reich Sacred oh, Reich yeah. is not on. Sacred Reich is not on this soundtrack. They got, they got, they got uh, stiffed. Damn. But yeah, it's like that weird abor- aboriginal, aboriginal, whatever thing. I guess they found them crusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they uh, number seven is uh, uh, infectious grooves with feed the monkey. Yeah. And then uh, side two begins with a cover of Wooly Bully by the Smithereens, and it, it's it's not good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have a song that's been in shitloads of movies. The Edgar Winter Group with Frankenstein is on here. Then we have, I don't remember this playing in the movie, but it's The Scream with Young and Dumb. And if you remember, The Scream is the band John Karabi was in before oh, yeah. uh, Motley Crue. 
That's that song sucks though. Young and I don't even know. <laughs> it's really bad. They, they, they had better stuff, but this is not not a good song. Then they oh. have the Jesus and Mary chain with why why do you want me? Which is it's a pretty good. I'm not into the Jesus and Mary chain, but in that part of the movie, that's when Dave's trying to get rid of of Link and put him on the street. Yeah, and it plays when they're driving. It's a really nice. It's really nice in that scene. That also has my favorite line from the movie during that scene, where he's like, "All you care about is nugs, chilling, and grindage." Yeah, <laughs> which I'm like, "Fuck yeah! What what else is there to care about in this world?" I need to. I I need to change my fucking Twitter bio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Yep. Hang on. Wait, All I care I about is nugs, chilling, and grindage. Nugs. Nugs. Chillin' and grindage. Yep. Buddy. Um, and then uh, after that, speaking of Steve Vai, we have Steve Vai with Get the Hell Out of Here. Um, all right, Steve, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then we have High C with Leave My Curl Alone. High C, it's a hip, that's a hip hop track. And the yep. the the rapper uh, oddly sounds like uh um easy e like he's doing an easy e impression and i'm just like all right i don't know a lot about high c first off not a very good rapper name but okay and then and then it wraps up with tone loke with cool hand loke which is not an amazing song but it's you know it's all right <laughs> so once again it's like i always say with a lot of like especially early 90s it was rock and and rap and pop music were all kind of together because it was, you know, all popular music, which is why a lot of that music resonates with me. Um, I don't need these glasses right now anymore, but um, I would say, if, you know, if I did, gave a grade to the Encino Man soundtrack, I'd, I'd give it, you know, if I was going to do uh, five stars, I'd give it three, three stars. It's got some okay. songs that I really like, some that, are, that are, aren't very good, but... I think, you know, because this movie means so much to me, just the songs, hearing them and hearing, remembering the scene that they're in makes the soundtrack more enjoyable than it probably is to a lot of people. But, hmm. um, yeah, Encino Man. Um, do, we have, do we have anything else to say about Encino Man before we move on? Because I know we've, we haven't, we've, we've dwelled on this a little bit, but not, you know, maybe not a lot. I think we, I think we need to ultimately end up doing at some point, uh, like... 80s, 90s rock and roll movie soundtrack ranking where we take oh, all shit. of like 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 both Bill and Ted's, well the three Bill and Ted's now I, I guess you know. Yeah. Uh, that last one the last place was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah it's um, it's a great fucking movie I thought there... I'd like mention, mention a few notes as well. Oh like, yeah yeah the... go for it go for it yeah, so uh, let's have a look. Uh, reception to Encino Man. So, uh, pardon me, I'm, I am reading from Wikipedia, but you know, Wikipedia's got pretty decent nowadays. It's it's not the yeah. it's not the thing that you, you, you can't you can't edit goofy shit in it nearly as easy anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah so the the film was a box office success, made mm -hmm. nine point nine million its opening weekend, coming in fourth at the box office. Went on to earn a total of forty point seven million at the North American box office on a budget of seven point five million. Uh, that was a fucking success. That's in, that's in nineteen ninety two dollars. Yeah, so it, it was released in the UK on September twenty fifth, 
92, titled California Man, and opened at number five. Uh, to n- nobody's surprise, all the people that have time to go on Rotten Tomatoes and give anything an approval rating, it has an approval rating of 14% based on 35 reviews. I mean, with an be, average rating fair, of 3.4. Yeah, it's real. It, there's no, that it is one of those movies that I will love till the day I die. But if somebody says it's a bad movie, I'm going to be like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I think everyone involved would agree, but it's, but that just depends on like, well, what are you here for? What do you, you know? Yeah. What do you, what are you here to see? Because there's, if, you, been, if you're, yeah, if you're looking for like fucking Spielberg, you're not going to get it here, but no. But, the, it's but that's not what, what it's aiming for. That's why that's why I hate movie reviewers for the most part because they <laughs> they all act like there's only one bar for everything to be set around. So they literally yeah. will like I'm going to go see this movie Encino Man with the bar set for Citizen Kane. All right? Let's <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know, and I'm just like, no, you need to the, like movie reviewers need to start backing the fuck away and be like, look, what was this movie intended for? How successful was it in doing that? And then there you go. So I would think in that case, Encino Man uh, is a hundred percent success because it's that's a- like li- that's like listening to the Eminem show and calling it a horrible attempt at death metal. It's like, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's not fucking going for that. So they why forgot are you the guitars? All of the, all through yeah. this album, yeah. There's no blast beats on Eminem. What the fuck? Yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> so, so there, there was a weird, uh, there were weird rumblings of Pauly Shore trying to get a sequel to Encino Man made. Funny enough, there mm. is kind of a sequel to Encino Man that came out on American television, and it was called Encino Woman or Encino Woman or something like that. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm afraid to watch it. But, mm. but they're trying to Does- do a legit, uh, a legit uh, uh, sequel, and I. I, I remember reading somewhere that Brendan Fraser isn't opposed to it. And I'm just like, oh, man, because that's what I like. Oh, like, shit. Like, let's revisit this movie because, like, it's not like Link got transported back to to the, to the Ice Age or whatever. And so nice. and He's so now. so he would now be an old man caveman. That would be a fucking fascinating movie. It would be, yeah. it, it could be really funny in a very different kind of way because it's like, God, that's that's such a if they would actually would put the work in, they could make mm. a really great comedy that's that just takes an idea, a silly idea, and makes it a little bit more interesting. Did yeah. I tell, well, it's, did, it's, speaking of that, I don't mean to. I'm sorry. We're going to go off on a tangent real quick. You finish what you're okay. saying because we're about to go completely off because I have to get this recorded. So go ahead. Okay, uh, well, I was just going to say, well, it says here, according to Shore, Disney Plus was discussing a sequel as of May 2022 with the possibility of him, Aston, and Fraser, Fraser back as their characters. I saved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so back over to you. So I, I just, I want to get this on video and podcast. So maybe somebody out there can pass this along or... If this ends up happening, and you'll know somebody stole my idea, so I came okay. up, I came up with the best fucking sequel idea for Last Action Hero. Okay. Oh shit! Now I started thinking about this because Arnold was saying that 
of the movies that he would like to go sequelize now, I think he said True Lies would be one, and then uh, Last Action Hero would be the other. And I was like, what could they do with that? And then all of a sudden, I just started in my brain coming up with the fucking best sequel. And so here's the here's the uh the here's here's the premise <clears throat> okay so um it's it's so we're the original movie takes place in a reality where arnold schwarzenegger exists the actor okay he's just they just switch things around like you know stallone was in terminator and all this stuff so we continue with that only it's now let's say 2023 Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor, is an old man. Mm. And he's um he is um going through a thing where he doesn't know what to do with his career and everything keeps failing and he's having a bad time with his life. And so he uh he has a little theater in his home and he decides to sit down and watch one of his old Jack Slater movies to sort of maybe get you know, rejuvenated about making movies. So he's watching the movie. And what he doesn't realize is that at some point, like, I don't know exactly how he would get it, but it's, but somehow the golden ticket thing had gone, had had gone into the possession of Arnold Schwarzenegger. As he's watching the movie, the golden ticket reactivates, transporting Arnold Schwarzenegger into a 1990s Jack Slater movie where you will have Arnold Schwarzenegger working alongside Jack Slater where they de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger to make him look like oh, 90s shit. Arnold. And all of a sudden, he's in a 90s action movie. So the majority of the movie is going to be old-ass Arnold Schwarzenegger with young Arnold, with young Jack Slater in this action movie and it'll play out like an action movie where he's you know trying to explain to him how he can help him and jack slater's confused like who the fuck are you and why do you look like old me and all this stuff and, and so the, the <laughs> cli- so it gets better so the climax of that movie it ends up that they end up teaming up together to defeat whatever villain it can be any villain doesn't really fucking matter but at the end of the movie um they end up the 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 villain ends up just like in the first movie escaping the movie into 2023 so now the villain from 1990s is now in 2023 so jack slater and arnold schwarzenegger also come out of the movie into 2023 now there's this whole point where 90s jack slater is like what the fuck happened to the world and all of a sudden now they're in the real world and they're still teaming up trying to stop this villain who's now in 2023 in the real world. At some point during this during this point, there's a fight. Jack Slater gets mortally wounded and shot and ends up dying in Arnold Schwarzenegger's arms. So young Arnold is dying in old Schwarzenegger's arms. There's nothing he can do about it. It's not like, it's not like the old movie. The ticket gets destroyed, ripped up, whatever. There's no way for him to get back. Jack Slater completely dies. And it's kind of like poetic. It's like, you know, the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't worry. Hold on there. It's not done yet. Don't, don't leave me. I can see you moving. Don't leave me. 
So I'm just, I just, Jack Slater I, I'm dies. I'm gripped. I'm just I'm just getting up the last action hero. <laughs> so a- Jack action hero so Jack, Jack Slater dies, uh, and and uh, and and the but but you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger very quickly ends up defeating the villain. So he actually ends up saving the day. But then he's like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Uh, you know, Jack Slater is dead. But then he realizes, holy shit. I now know what to do with my career. He reboots the Jack Slater franchise to bring Jack Slater back to life in the movies. That is how it ends. Happy ending. All of a sudden, his career is rejuvenated. Jack Slater is alive again in the movies. And he's everyone's fucking happy. And then, you know, the credits roll. And I'm just, you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) I'm, dude, I'm genuinely wondering if like the last five minutes should make it to the podcast because that's fucking incredible i just i dude. just i when i dude, as you I need start, to pitch I, that to fucking hollywood right now as i started <laughs> I'm, that's what i'm saying if anybody hears this or is watching it that knows anybody in the movie business or any anyone that can push that idea because i don't even care if i get paid for it i want to see that fucking movie <laughs> so. wow that that is a passion project if ever i've heard it man fuck yeah like, man you just want to see it come to life. Yes. But here's the thing. I come up with really great movie ideas every now and then. And most of the mm-hmm. time, it's when I'm a little bit drunk. And then the next day, I'll ask my wife, babe, do you remember that great movie idea? And she's like, no, I don't remember. I'm like, fuck, I don't remember it either. But it was so good. <laughs> see, this is why you got to have voice memos on at all times. So you don't yeah. you don't lose any of this shit. That's why, that's why I have it here. It's recorded now because that's. I would like that to be the sequel because I just think it would be a great movie. And I think it would also prop up the original, which is underappreciated. And, you know, it kind of Mm. gives new life to this underappreciated classic, in my opinion. And yeah, it's a a hidden gem. here's, Here's the caveat. Hollywood producers, anybody, if you run with this idea, the Mm -hmm. soundtrack has to be nineties rock acts and nineties hip hop acts. Okay. Yes. I don't want fucking Fallout Boy, and I don't want uh, no Mumford, Bill and Ted Three, no Mumford and Sons. I don't want any of that <laughs> shit. I want e- either go back and get some old '90s classics, or even better, because it's all about aging and thinking about your past. Get all the '90s bands that are still kicking it. They do original tracks for Last Action Hero Two, and uh, there you go. Biggest I was movie. Gonna- Biggest movie in Arnold's career right there. I just created it for everybody. You're welcome. Tell you what, right? And it, it it shouldn't be too hard because a lot of the a lot of the bands that are in um the soundtrack, many of them are still together, right? Like let's have a look here. And What's Anthrax the, uh... Anthrax reunites with John Bush for one song for the soundtrack too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megadeth, Alice yeah. in Chains, uh, Fishbone ACDC. are still together, ACDC still yep. together. Queensryche, Def Leppard, Anthrax, Aerosmith. Aerosmith are Alice about to call Chains it quits, again. but maybe Aerosmith uh, can do one last song. I don't know. Tesla still yeah. kicking it. I had no idea Aerosmith were, were talking about calling it off. Yeah, they're, they're about to start their farewell tour. And uh, but I, 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 I have a... Th- 
I have a thing about farewell tours because you can call it a farewell tour. Kiss yeah. have been doing a farewell tour for twenty years. But but you but you know why this? I believe that this Kiss one is the last one, and why the Aerosmith one is the last one because they're seventy. Yeah, <laughs> true. So I'm but, assuming uh, I'm assuming this is probably legit for Aerosmith. Um, I mean, they, they yeah. may do one-off shows and stuff, but I think as a touring band. And they haven't done an album in over ten years, anyway. So anyway, true. So yeah, that was my that was my last Action Hero two um, pitch, and yeah, I guess we can move on because we we okay we move on to Airheads, the second movie we're talking about, not Last Action Hero, but I had to get that beautiful. out. Beautiful. Had to do it. Uh, so, dude, absolutely. Oh, skip uh, skip forward two years yeah. to nineteen ninety four. Brendan Fraser returns to the world of rock and roll movies with mm-hmm. Airheads, which um, it's funny because to be completely honest, when the movie came out in 94, I was a little disappointed in the movie because uh. because I was going to see it and it was I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, oh, shit, they're. They take a radio station hostage. And then it said, you know, from the director of Heathers. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be like a really dark rock and roll <laughs> comedy. Right. I yeah. was thinking I was thinking it was going to be really dark. And when it ended up being very silly, I, I was like I was 15 years old or whatever at the time or 16. Um, and I just remember being like, oh, man, they could have done so much more with this movie. That- do, you know, do you know what the sequel should be? What? It should be a black metal band that takes over a radio station and kills everyone and burns it down for just burns no reason. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's a good idea. Airheads too. Um, but uh, but over the years, because um, obviously, like it came out and was on like your HBOs and stuff, and I saw it many many times, and then. I started to re- it started to really grow on me and then once again getting into my 30s and being very nostalgic about a lot of this stuff I started taking it a little more seriously and I was like wait you know for what it is it's a really well done movie and mm. has some really great performances I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it is my favorite Steve Buscemi performance of any movie he's ever been in um uh. because he is just so perfect he Every, is great. He's so good in that. Um, yeah. Everybody else is great too, but Steve Buscemi looking very much like Rex Brown in the yeah <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> that that they have a very very early nineties rock look to them. Like they they're basically wearing my fucking wardrobe. Yeah, you know, and barring the short hair, I probably dress the most like Adam Sandler's character <laughs> more than anyone. Yeah, you know? yeah, I. uh but I mean, also, yeah, also in 1994, you know, we were kind of reaching the end of the rock and roll. Um, it was it was moving, yeah. it was moving towards into alternative music, uh, which alter- alternative music is on the soundtrack, too. Um, yeah. And I think maybe I was I was also, you know, I was an early teenager and I was all, you know, trying to like. Well, that shit's popular now, so I don't really fucking like it anymore. Kind of shit, you know. <laughs> I was already starting to go through that, but watching the movie now, I just I love so much about this movie. There's only one thing about the movie that I that I don't like, 
I'll get to that in a little bit. But okay. um, I saw it. So I saw it once in the theater with my older brother and I was kind of disappointed. But like I said, um, I've grown to really love this movie. But you literally just watched this movie for the first time. Yeah. And, and what I was loved your, it. your, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it feels like a movie made for us. You know, it's that, that, that kind of thing. The moment the Beavis and Butthead like phone call happened, I was like, this is incredible. Like yeah. I was, lo- I was loving it. And then that happened and I was like, this is, this is up there. This is up there in my like top five <laughs> fucking vibe yeah. wise this is me you know you got the wayne's worlds the bill and ted's obviously the encino man yeah type movies anything i I, you know i've learned you know i'm generally known as the as the 80s guy by Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends and peers how i want to be known is mr 92 because i know that i know that this movie came out in 94 but Mm -hmm. there's a zone oh yeah from there from about 87 to 88 all the way up to about 93, 94, where everything is just me. Like yeah. everything from that time, that late 80s, early 90s, that, you know, the second half of the 80s and that first half of the 90s. If I could, like, if I could travel to any 10 year span and just live through it, that would be it. Yeah. You know? And I think Beautiful. I've always, I've always said that I feel like I was the perfect age for that because I became a teenager in the early 90s. And so I really. Mm all of it was very influential to me and I wasn't old enough to be jaded and stupid yet. I got there, but you know, <laughs> at, the, at that point I wasn't, but, um, hold on. I have, I have a little bit of notes about this because I wanted to talk about a couple things. Oh yeah. I, I, every time I watch this movie, I forget all the fucking people that randomly show up in it. Cause you, you mentioned, um, Chris Farley Chris Farley, yeah. That, that you were stoked that Chris Farley was in it. But I always forget that fucking uh, Judd Nelson is in it as the record executive guy. And then yeah. H- Harold Ramis shows up as a different record dude or as somebody posing as a record guy during the great Lemmy is God scene. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to 90s MTV heads, fucking Kurt Loder is in it, which yeah. I don't know if was Kurt Loder a deal. Like, do you know who he is or was? He was like the it was the MTV news presenter, right? Yeah, there were yeah. other news presenters, but he was the MTV news the guy, presenter. yeah. And he's randomly in it uh, as as a news guy. I was I was watching it, and uh, what's he called? Michael John McKean. Like he was emanating strong Bob Rock energy, like that entire <laughs> movie. Like, oh, like yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, my, yeah. I was gonna say Michael McKean. Um, yeah. He's uh Michael McKean is amazing in everything he's in. Um, yeah. All the way starting with Spinal Tap. Yep. All the way to very recently he was in the show uh Better Call Better Saul. Call he's yeah. fucking so good in that. And he's and great. He's perfect as the 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 slimy radio station owner guy. He's he's so he's so good. Um everybody honestly everybody brings their fucking A game in this movie. It's for I Fraser is very believable. I've always yeah. said like he doesn't come across he, as like a even though it's sort of po- poking fun at it. All three mm. of them, aside from Adam Sandler, seem legit. Adam Sandler, of course, he, it's he's supposed to be you know the comedic 
whatever of the movie. Well, I, that, he is the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 does bring, that, that does bring me to the one aspect of the movie that I don't like. And I've, and I've never liked this aspect of the movie, even from when it came out. Um, okay. Michael Richards, he he's unnecessary in the movie. And I feel like he was only written in because they were like, oh, because I think Seinfeld had already started maybe at that point. And, and mm-hmm. they, he's like, I can only be in it if I can do my slapstick. And so it's this completely unnecessary thing of... <laughs> And, and it, the, 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 the actual arc of it is fine, where somebody escapes into the, the ducks and, and he gets a machine gun. He's the one that ends up where they actually have a real gun at some point. Yeah. But every single fucking scene is him being like, oh, oh, oh I'm wacky, goofy guy. And I'm just oh, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and I'm like, do we already have Adam Sandler being the goofy guy? And now we yeah. have this other pud muncher. Who's like, who's, and I, and I, I have not liked Michael Richards prior to him being a complete racist in his stand-up comedy. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wow. God, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> you didn't know about the Michael Richards meltdown? No, no, this, this has escaped me. Okay. So his career pretty much ended in the early 2000s. So Seinfeld had already ended. So obviously he was already a millionaire. So he, he cashed his checks. Doesn't matter for him. Yeah. But he's doing a. You can find this online. He's doing a, a stand-up comedy set, and some people up in the balcony are getting really loud, and they happen to be black people. And he literally Ooh. starts going, "It's an N-word! It's an N-word! Look at the N-word!" Like he just starts yelling that, and then he says something like, "Back in the day, we would have had you strung up in a tree or something like that." He's, and it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's joking. Like oh. it, it, he seems unhinged. And I, I, I'm just gonna. Should I, should <laughs> I really quickly react to this? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna. Okay. I, I'm gonna have to to talk. I'm gonna have to mute it because I don't want you know all the n words to okay. get right. <laughs> to get right. on the I, episode. Okay, so so for for reference, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play something else through my headphones real quick. Okay. Uh, can you hear that? It's very quiet. So no, no, I think it'll be fine. Okay. If I, I'll listen yeah. to it back. And if it seeps through, I'll edit it out. Okay. Okay. Let's I've never let, seen this. this. Let's let Eddie have this moment. Let's, let's my, watch Michael this Richards. TMZ video from 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Michael Richards goes crazy. Okay. Hopefully it's not beeped. Cause you got to hear how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Is it is it over yet? <laughs> For those of you in the podcast world, Eddie's face is fun. it's the face we all made when we saw the Michael Richards video for the first time. I'm, for the record, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable on his screen. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh man, and oh my god, it it oh. Damn. That. So, 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 and then after that, he goes on like <laughs> David Letterman or, he, or no, no, no. I think Seinfeld's on David Letterman and they let, they do like a, a, a live feed of Michael Richards trying to, that, apo- trying to apologize. And because he's made a career being a buffoon, everyone's just laughing, thinking it's a bit. And Seinfeld has to be all like, no, 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 this is not, this is not a joke. And at that point, you knew, oh, Michael Richards is done. He's done. I, 
I got to be honest, dude, that watching that, you, you know, there's like, you know, it's really like fucked up corners of the internet where you can literally get like raw combat footage of people just taking their final breath. Yeah. You know, that felt like a career version of someone just getting their head taken off by a sniper. Like, it was the, it was uh, the, it's the Zapruder film of uh, stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, Jesus Christ, man. So anyway, my point was that I I didn't like Michael Richards prior to that. So yeah, I thought oh he was completely God. unfunny, and and so and he, he he's unnecessary in that movie. His scenes are the worst parts of the movie. That being mm. said, rest of the movie is fucking amazing. Now now just real quick, I one of my favorite parts about this movie is that it is littered with amazing insults. Do you remember, did you get catch that about the movie that everyone insults yeah. everyone through almost every minute of the movie? So I decided <laughs> when I was watching the movie yesterday that I was going to list all of the insults that I heard in Airheads. Oh, go for it. So here we go. Um, and I didn't double up on these so that some of these were used multiple times. But here's all of the things that other people were, were called in this movie. You ready? Okay, go for it. But, bastard, necklace goober, poser, loser, bitch, dingus, anus, butthole, moron, goon, shaved ape, pussy, no dick loser, <laughs> dick smoke. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite in the movie is this one where Brendan Fraser goes this. Penis over here. <laughs> he calls him a fucking penis. <laughs> and then right after that, he calls somebody. He says, you look like half a butt puppet. And that's that's another one. Half a butt puppet. Um, femme dick bozo. Doof. Oh, yeah. Numb nuts. Putts. Scumbag. Butt nut. Dickhead. Asshole. Butt nut. <laughs> Here's a good one. Shit witch. Uh. <laughs> which is a shit sandwich i guess um dick dick cheeseburger which michael mckean oh, says yeah. that line <laughs> yeah of course retard because that was okay back in the day um canceled you idiot Fuck. and then and then one of my favorites uttered by steve buscemi dick shine and so uh, yeah there you go that is that's my list of insults and i'm sure i miss some because they they're sometimes they're rapid and i'm just like but those are all those are all my favorite being uh necklace goober is pretty good. Yeah. Um uh shave date, <laughs> no dick loser, dick smoke. But um, nuts uh, gotta be my favorite. But nut penis, <laughs> penis is so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, you don't even uh, be you don't deserve to be pronounced correctly. <laughs> this, <laughs> this penis. <laughs> um and you know, dick shine. Dick shine's so good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So that's uh, that's all that's all my uh, that's all the thing. So uh, I had two notes also that were very interesting about the movie. Uh, number one, mm -hmm. uh, they're in a point in the movie. They're at a club seeing a band called the Sons of Thunder. And yep. um, that band is actually the Galactic Cowboys from Houston, Texas. Ah, um, nice. So um, and it's weird because apparently the song that they almost play in the movie is a fully recorded song, but it isn't on the soundtrack. And I don't understand because it's not anywhere else as far as I know. Um, also, but here's the best fun fact about the movie. 
the the building that it takes place in, did it look familiar to you? It's the same one as Die Hard, isn't it? Yes, it is Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. And, And that makes it even better. So that's why... You know, it would have been cooler if they had taken the the crawling in the air shaft a little more seriously, because then it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. it's fucking die hard in the movie. <laughs> but no, it had to be fucking Michael Richards. Um, anyway, so you just you just hear him try to be stealthy. He looks down into the room and he just he can't hold back. He's a he's a. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he'd been waiting so long to say those words you could uh, fucking tell anyway yeah, there um, was some there was some venom behind that jesus yeah. christ yeah so uh, um but yeah the the movie is the i i fucking just the more i watch this movie it actually becomes a legit favorite of mine just because even you know my, minus michael richards but we're gonna give him a pass because his yeah. his character ends up being important because that's how they ended up getting an actual gun but um but I just think that I think probably because of the amount of time that has passed and the fact that I was a dude in a band that was desperate to make it, it it mm-hmm. feels a little bit different when I watch it now, especially that one part where Brendan Fraser's character is all like, um, um, do you know what it's like to, to play at some shitty bar and the only people there are the other bands and their girlfriends? I am rock yeah. and roll. And I'm like, dude, that was literally my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there. I've, I've, I've played to to big crowds, and I've played to bands and their girlfriends. <laughs> Shit, if I if if I did if I did a uh, uh, like a percentage of how many actual large ish audience I played, <laughs> it's probably like two <laughs> percent of the shows that I played were a kind of a large audience, and all the yeah. rest of them were basically nobody um i remember one one gig we played uh and i I won't throw the venue under the bus and i won't you know make enemies of any any local areas but i will say one particular gig we played was a bit more of a sports bar than it was a music venue yeah so we basically we showed up and it was mostly rugby lads and um their chav girlfriends um with a couple of people who had you know amazingly heard our name through word of mouth check this out on spotify and really liked it which is a really cool thing to see sage. people you don't yeah sage sage sick <laughs> stream it on whatever fucking type in sage sick uh whatever uh fucking streaming service you've got we're on it um so yeah that really helps out but now i've done my shameless little plug there uh so we played this gig uh, and the the first time we knew that they we think that they'd booked a band a bit heavier than they'd expected, the guy came downstairs and said, "Hey guys, um, m- my wife's up here and she said you're knocking down all the furniture." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh okay, yeah, we'll um, we'll turn it down." And um, it, we we basically just I stopped doing rim shots with my. Uh, snare and the guitars turned down like one number (laughs) but then but then by the end of the night um we just said thank you good night and we just heard one of these like chavvy rugby lads go thank fuck for that (laughs) 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 yeah but it was like we we had like 
a cut. Obviously, the girlfriends were there. Uh, you had a few older gentlemen, you know, who are quite, you know, rock and roll. You see them bobbing their heads, drinking their pints. Um, but like the two people I saw that were there, who we didn't know personally, who just knew our name and the song. Yeah, that was worth its weight in gold because it was like, oh, yeah, no way, yeah, yeah. These people Sorry. like something we made, and yeah, it's a really cool, really cool thing. So yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but it did make me laugh that at the end it was fuck, fuck for that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, oh, it's yeah. good fun though. Yeah, yeah the, the worst thing in the world is being booked to play somewhere where there's they're showing sports on the TV. That's like oh, I, for- that's the <laughs> I forgot. Worst. I forgot I had another I had another okay. thing about that about that same night. So um basically at this point we've already loaded half of the gear into the van and we've already finished the gig. We finished playing like 15 to 20 minutes prior to this this woman coming up to us. So this woman quite clearly many many drinks in yeah. comes up to us and literally says the following stumbles over drink in hand. <laughs> Hi, um, look, I don't want to be funny, but, um, do you know, can I put in a song request? It was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, it's going to be a bit difficult. Half our our shit's already in the van. She's like, look, can you guys play Chasing Cars by by Snow Patrol? And I'm like, the the drum kit is literally down the road. And she's like, Please, look. I'd be like, first really, off, fuck yeah. you. Second, yeah. you would load it out. <laughs> here's here's the best part. Me and like uh, uh, Callum, the front man, was nowhere to be seen right now. He was he was loading shit into the van. Me and Ollie, the bass player, we're packing our shit down, getting get bringing stuff to the door. And this woman, <laughs> this woman is so fucked up, so drunk. She's like, absolutely out of it. Like, but she's saying to us. Like, um, can you guys please play Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol? I'm going to say, well, for one, it's way out of our our style. Secondly, we haven't spent any time learning it. Yeah. And thirdly, like, we're already half, if not 70% in the van at this point. Yeah. She goes, and here's here's the worst part, because I, I do feel, <laughs> I did feel really bad at this point. She said, look, my... And I don't know how true this was, but it made me feel terrible, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> this woman says to us, look, my friend over there, she's lost her son, 16 years old. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, oh fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. We've Most of the gear is already in the van. Can you get it out and play can he play it for her? She's she's lost. She's so the, depressed. She's lost. The her only son, thing that's going to bring her up old. is some really fucking bland alt rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here was the kicker, right? She stayed there and kept just just saying to us, "Come on, chasing cars," and we're oh, there shit. putting stuff in, and we are sure it was like this this giant dudes fucking woman who had like come over to us and started just like and every time we gave her that like a similar articulately put version of like we've already put all of our gear in bags and cases and now we're wheeling it out to the van and she's going come on chasing cars she's lost her son 16 (laughs) years old and it's like i am 
A, I'm extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. B, I didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I it, it whether or not it's true or not, what a fucking surreal experience it's like, that it's was. Like, it's like, lady, if if we play chasing cars for you, then we have to start playing chasing cars for every woman who's just recently yeah. lost a son. And then that's you yeah. know, that's gonna take too long. Yeah, yeah like if <laughs> Who's got a dead kid? Yeah. <laughs> this one goes out to you. Oh, man. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine we brought everything back in and played a different song? <laughs> We're not playing Chasing Cars. Just play some fucking grindcore shit, and then after it's over, be like, oh, you meant Chasing Cars. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. We, we, we don't know that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine if we just like put all of our kit back on, played you suffer, and then got straight back off? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, back back on track. Nice, back on nice track. Seg- where you? Nice segue, musically speaking, into the Airhead soundtrack, which I have nice. right here on CD. Remember CDs? Beautiful. Do you like CDs? Yeah. CDs nuts. Um, <laughs> So that was always my favorite D's nuts joke was or do you like tapes and CDs? Because I'm a tape my dick to your forehead so you can see D's nuts. <laughs> or, or or even better, if you say, What do yep. you prefer, tapes or CDs? And they are cassettes or CDs, and they go cassettes, and you go, I'm a cassette these nuts in your mouth. <laughs> anyway. So fucking good. Um so yeah, the Airhead soundtrack that um is has not been released on vinyl and probably never will, but I would love it because I actually really, really like this soundtrack. Um, reissue. Reissue. So let's well first off, you know, there's not much to look at. So the back there's there's a band photo and a photo from the movie and the song list. Nice. On the inside, it's just some facts about the songs and then an ad to buy a fake t-shirt for the radio station, Sweet. which, which I tried to look this up online to see if anybody had one on eBay, but I, but they don't, but also it's yeah. got a fucking, uh, Confederate flag on it. So I probably wouldn't want to wear it these days. Yo, anyway. yo, for but, real, <laughs> but that, but, but that, but that, here's the thing though. I tried to, I tried to explain this to a lot of people about growing up as a, 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 a Gen Xer in uh in america old head was a texan you were <laughs> um orleans he traveled with the show. <laughs> but but um growing up in the south in that time period you weren't taught a it wasn't called the confederate flag it was called the rebel flag and yeah. i knew nothing about what it meant up mm. until way into adulthood so you would see people wearing shit with rebel flags. You'd see Pantera with like a rebel flag <clears> guitar. <throat> and I, d- I didn't think anything of it because I was not taught that that had anything to do with slavery. I yeah. it, it was presented as, oh, if you're a rebel and you go against the system, this is the rebel flag. And I was like, well, yeah, I go against the system as well. Great. But but do, uh, did so, you ever own anything? No. Oh, no, I, I had I, my parents mm. one time bought me a hat. But we literally bought it from like a Confederate like battlefield museum kind of place. Right. Yeah. And it was like an old school cap, like a like a cap that somebody in the military would have worn and it had the yeah. it had the Confederate flag on it. Um, but I don't have it anymore. But I've never willingly had anything with with the quote unquote rebel flag on it. 
But it's yeah. just inter- it's interesting to think about that because back in the day, I never would have even in '94, I would have looked at that and gone, oh, "Okay, it's the rebel flag." Does, didn't I didn't I didn't no fucking clue. Um, but that's American uh, education, ladies and gentlemen. So mm-hmm. and bring- I, I will I will say like while we're on the subject, mm-hmm. hot take. I think it's a shame that that flag has the history it does because I remember seeing a dime bag guitar and I thought, well, that it, looks cool. Yeah, but I can't fucking enjoy it. Like, <laughs> you can you can enjoy it realizing that Dimebag probably had the same education that I had, and so he yeah. he, he fucking didn't know. Um, and I think if he yeah. was alive today, he wouldn't be using that imagery anymore because he seemed like a good dude. Anyway, moving yeah. on, moving on. Stop, stop being so fucking woke, Eddie Sparks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on to what's on this soundtrack because I actually really like this soundtrack. Um, it begins with. <laughs> Born to Raise Hell, which is Motorhead with Ice T and Whitfield Crane. And Whitfield Crane, yeah, which is which is a fun um, beginning to the <clears throat> to the soundtrack. Um, then we have really probably one of the only tracks I really don't like on here, and that's the Four Non Blondes doing a cover of the Van Halen song "I'm the One." Is that and who did that? Because I, I was listening to it and I was like, "That's a Van Halen song, but it's not Van Halen doing it. It's Four Non Blondes, like- which." Like, well, uh, why not which, just use the Van Halen song, you know? Well, Four Non Blondes was popular at that point. And <clears throat> yeah, I suppose, ha- but like... Had to get on the soundtrack with something that was actually rocking. Um, <laughs> fuck that band. That band fucking sucks. Um, anyway. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no! There's very, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there's very, there's very few songs that, uh, that, dri- that drive me insane, and that's one of them. Um, and I oh, put really? up, I put yeah. up with it sometimes because my wife really likes it and I love her. But that song is, it's fucking, I think it's fucking awful. Anyway, um, <laughs> then number three, White Zombie with Feed the Gods, which is unique to this soundtrack. It's a pretty fucking good song. Nice. Um, then D Generation, I don't know this band with No Way Out, but it's a pretty good song. I don't, I don't know enough about that group to know who it is. Um, there's some part of me that thinks it's supposed to be like a super group of people or there's people from other bands in it or something. Um, I can have a look for you. Uh, it's, it's D generation. Literally, it's literally the letter D and then mm-hmm. generation, but all one word. Uh, yeah. They're an American glam punk band formed in 1991 in New York city. They released three albums and several EPs to much oh. critical acclaim. Oh, so no breaking up in 1999. So no, 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 nobody of note in it. Uh, let's have a quick, quick look. Members. Jesse Malin, Malin, uh, Richard Bacchus, Danny Sage. Check out Sage. <laughs> not him. Get uh, that guy in your band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Michael Wildwood, Georgie Seville, Belvy King. Oh, fuck. Georgie Todd. Seville's in that? Uh, past members. I don't know who the Georgie fuck that is. Seville. I'm just kidding. <laughs> fucking georgie seville i don't know who you are todd youth um was in it at one point scotty d jim wallerstein and howie pyro so uh all right any names no zero (laughs) um so song number five is primus with bastardizing july kit um which is basically like the the that song which i think was originally just on suck on this it wasn't on on their first album um, but it's no. a different. Ver- it's a weird or different version of that song, which I guess is why it's hmm. called "Bastardizing." Do you like it? Um, <laughs> then it's Anthrax with a cover of the Smiths' song "London," which is pretty, 
pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Candlebox with Can't Give In, which is also a pretty good fucking song. Yeah. Then we have Dig, which was, Dig was a really short-lived band, and they had a, hit so- a hit-ish song called Believe in the 90s, which is actually really good. Um, but this is, their mm. song is called Curious George Blues, and uh, it's pretty good. They're an alternative rock band, but a little on the heavier side of alternative rock. Yeah. And then we get The Lone Rangers with Degenerated, um, which actually has Brendan Fraser on vocals. Um, nice. And, and I, I can't remember who plays on that. I don't, I don't fucking, it doesn't say who actually plays on that with, uh, with Brendan Fraser. But anyway, that's the song, which it's a, a cover of an old punk song, which I love mm-hmm. the fact that the, in the movie, you know, it's all like, I wrote this song for you. You know, this is my song. And then the song is all, John, I can't read. John, I can't write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that for a girl, huh? Yeah. Um, that makes it even funnier. He wrote me, that really. before it even met her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, after that, oh, we have... Well, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think you missed Inheritance by Prong. That's... Oh, I did, is that the next... Is that before? They're in a weird... They're, in a, uh, they're fucked up on the back of it. Ah, uh, right. Reason. Yeah. Yeah, Prong with what? Inheritance. Um, yeah. Then St- Stuttering John with I'll Talk My Way Out of It, which if you don't know, Stuttering John was a guy who was on the Howard Stern show back then. Um, right. And he would do these he would do these interviews where he would provoke celebrities and stuff, but he had a really bad stutter. And for right. some reason, for some reason he started a band and they were nice. Whatever. Then we have my, probably my favorite on the album, uh, stick with fuel stick is a very underappreciated band that would pretty much just completely failed in the nineties, but they put out two albums. This song is from the first album, which is called heavy bag. Um, and, uh, I, 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 they're a great band, but it's very, it's very, it sounds like 90 heavy nineties rock. Yeah. There's no other, there are, there's no other year that their album could have come out than, you know, 93, 94, cause that's what it fucking sounds like. Um, <laughs> and then it ends up with, uh, Ramones with, we want the airwaves, which is kind of a anticlimactic ending. I don't know why they, I know they chose that song because it's called We Want the Airwaves, but it, the song, for some reason, just sounds very like like they woke up on a Sunday morning and just recorded it, and it's like, We Want the Airwaves, <clears throat> and then that's the whole fucking song. <laughs> and they could have put, they should have put Rock and Roll Radio by the Ramones, and now I'm like, there you go. That's the way to do it, but anyway. Mm. So yeah, that's the Airhead soundtrack. For the most part, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I really, I, I, if I gave a rating to this one, I would give it a four out of five for soundtracks. But um, cool. even with even with four non blondes, <clears throat> but uh, if if you had to give the Wayne's World soundtracks uh, stars, what would you give them? Like I think one we, and two? I think we did when we did the video. Um, the, the the first one would <clears throat> probably get a four out of five. Second one probably a two out of five because <laughs> it's the second one just has too much old oldie rock you know classic rock nonsense on it um mm. and and doesn't and doesn't have any songs by tia career what the fuck's that all about yeah yeah that's that's something that that should be amended at least put the the missing track from the the, the fucking first movie on there um 
her cover of Touch Me. Won't oh, you touch yeah. Me? Yeah. That was my favorite as well. Like, granted, I know I can listen to the Private Life version, but I want Tia Carrera's vocals over it, you know? Yeah, that's got to be recorded somewhere. And they need to. <clears throat> I I don't know I don't know why they they take the time to record these things and then they never see the light of day and I'm like well there are fans yeah. that would probably appreciate you know those kind of things things that are original Absolutely. to movies you know I don't know anyway mm. but uh, I yeah Airheads to me is a movie that I, I I'm pretty sure on Rotten Tomatoes it also has a very low rating as well but um, I just think it's really well done like just watching it again like it doesn't. Like Encino Man has points where I just go, God, this movie's fucking dumb. But with Airheads, I'm like, <laughs> it is pretty clever and pretty well done, and the performances are really good. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody brings their A game in this movie, and um, yeah, um, I yeah, I love it. Plus, it's you know, it's a rock and roll movie from the '90s, so you know that I'm all about it, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But um. And Steve Buscemi rules in it. Do you have any 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 notes or thoughts on Airheads? So a quick look. Uh, I think I lost my Airheads tab when I went to look something up. Hang on. Bada boom, bada bing. Let's let's check out some fun facts. Um, so yeah, like you say, cameos. Uh, Galactic Cowboys, uh, Sons mm-hmm. of Thunder. Uh, we have the Beavis and Butthead call-in scene, which yep. is incredible. Uh, you know, them being MTV icons of the 90s, it's super oh, yeah. cool to see at, that crossover. At that, point, at that point, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, white Zombie appear. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the line I love that Chris Farley said in that, like, looking for a blonde wearing something tight and black. Mm. <laughs> it's like they're all blonde and <laughs> yeah um uh, oh by the way production casting uh metallica cannibal corpse and testament were approached for the bar scene but declined to appear um yeah i can't see well i mean i could say maybe i mean cannibal corpse ended up doing no prior to that cannibal corpse did ace ventura i think that was before airheads yeah, so I'm I'm thinking maybe Cannibal Corpse were like, eh, we, we already did, did it one time. Yeah, we already and did it. And we a fucking movie. nailed um, it. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to do it again. Um, what else is there? The, the film features an original song by White Zombie and went mm-hmm. on to chart on the Billboard 200 and peak at number 157. In oh. addition, there are re recordings of songs from Motorhead and Primus, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here we go. Jay Younger. And Sean Voisalt, is it? Uh, from from oh. White Zombie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sean Sean Reynolds. Yeah. Um, also accompanied with Brendan Fraser's vocal on the rendition of Degenerated. There we go. Song by okay. hard hard hardcore punk band Reagan Youth. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. And the, that song was produced by Younger and Brian Carlstrom. Uh, what else is that? A number of songs can be heard in the film, but not included on the soundtrack. These are Baby Huey, Do You Want to Dance by Dim Stars, Shamrocks and Shenanigans, Boom, Shalock, Lock, Boom, yeah. um, Butch Vig Mix by House of Pain, Unsatisfied by The Replacements, Rocks by Primal that, Scream. That, the, the Unsatisfied is in a... I love that song already, but that it's a little snippet where it's like almost like a... What would you call it? It's not really a montage. It's one of those like... The, the scene in the movie where people are sort of sitting contemplating things 
You know, it's not really a montage, yeah. but they play it's unsatisfied. Kind of like a, it's a great moment in the movie, I think. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a montage, but it's not, it, it's like a, it's like a introspective montage. Oh, um, I like that. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. There's more than one kind of montage. Um, true. But Rocks by Primal Scream, Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith, mm. Weezing by David Byrne, Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful by Sons of Thunder, Collect the Cowboys. Uh, the film debuted in 10th place, grossing uh, 1.9... Yeah, 1.9 million its opening weekend, and only gra- only, and grossed only half its budget. Fuck. Yep. Which, you know, considering the quality of the movie, it's kind of insane to think about the the difference in reception that Encino Man got compared to this one, but... yeah. Well, like I, I said, I guess, at this point, at this yeah. point, that 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 trajectory of like rock and roll had already started to come down. Where, yeah, people, I think, I think people dive. got people got it was oversaturated. People got real tired of it. We're starting to, get, you know, that's why everyone was moving to like these alternative bands, which yeah. didn't have all the rock and roll cliches and all that shit. You know, so I think that was part. Well, of I think it. as I think as well that there's a line in the movie, isn't there? Where. Um, Brendan Fraser says, "Oh, you really listen to this that Seattle bullshit?" Yeah. Like So, like when they made the movie, they were already like th- 3 years into like 2 to 3 years into grunge being the thing. Yeah. So, well, and by 94 it was already there was already a backlash towards yeah. Um and so that was also part of it, but yeah, I just remember because hmm. ni- you're, you're talking 1994. If if I was going to point out a huge album that that eclipsed everything in rock and roll, it would be Dookie by Green Day, which is yeah, which is literally like not. It's far away from grunge and metal and all that stuff. Still very energetic, a fucking killer album. But I think that's where everybody was headed. It wasn't your average rock star looking shit anymore, you know. So yeah. Well, yeah. that's uh, that's, so that's Man and Airheads. Yeah, the the Brendan Fraser double feature, which it, it's it, I love that guy. So it's it's cool to finally see him get his due and like win. You know, did he win an Academy Award? I don't know what he. If pretty he did sure, I'm pretty sure he did. Let me let me have a look. I know he won here. like a Golden Globe for that movie. I can't get myself to watch mm-hmm. that movie because I just know I'll probably cry all the way through it. So I don't really want to watch it. Um, the so Whale. The Whale's the name of the movie. Um, but I'm sure he's wow. great in it. So 2023, holy shit. He won a lot of awards for Best Actor that year. Academy Awards, Best Actor. Satellite Awards, Best Actor. Screen Actors Guild, uh, Outstanding Performance by Male Actor in a Leading Role. Uh, ARP, AARP Movies for Grown Ups Award, Best Actor. Critics Association of Central Florida, best actor, best actor, Dang. best actor, best actor, wow. all for the whale. In in total, in total for the whale, he won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen best actor awards. Man, and that's and- that's not even the nominated. Yeah, like. And he's and well well deserved because he's fucking great and he's he seems like a great dude 
And you know what? You know what? When it once once you come off a really big thing where you you're you're finally recognized for your acting and you win all these awards, the next thing that you need to do is Encino Man Two, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> That's the yeah. That should be where everything leads you to now. Um, oh wait. Al- although Hold Airheads up. Airheads Two would be pretty funny, like because they go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> I, I I was wrong. I didn't count all of the best actor ones. Holy shit! Okay. There's- Okay, so one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five best actor awards. Damn, won save some awards for, the for everyone else. Um, yeah, wild. But I, I just, it just had me thinking of like not only would the Encino Man. Um, sequel be be cool but an airhead sequel because according to the end of the movie they they did an album that went platinum and so live from prison live from prison <laughs> so i'm like well like what would happen like oh yeah 30 years later they're back and like what are they doing now they're old aging rockers maybe they're on their farewell tour god damn i have such good ideas for movies do it hollywood quit yeah. making this marvel bullshit just no just any more movies like that just listen to our fucking podcast and make movies out of the shit we talk about. But also, but before all of that, we're going to last action hero too. get on it. Hollywood. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I guess we have to wait for the Hollywood strike to end here, but when it does, you know, I want that slid onto Arnold's desk right in front of his, yeah. his face. And I want him to look at it and be like, I don't know what it, what, what he was, he'd be, get to the chopper. I don't know. He would say something like, <laughs> you are one ugly motherfucker. um anyway nice um so yeah that was it that's our brennan fraser double feature where we got to talk i'm this it's it's fun obviously talking about these two movies that are two of my favorites um but yeah it's just talking about rock and roll movies on a fucking music podcast youtube show it just feels right um so feel free to chime in uh, if you're on youtube chime in like do you what do you have a memory of these movies or do they mean anything to you um yeah you know get po- positivity if you don't like these movies you're probably not even watching this anymore so who the fuck cares yeah but um <laughs> but uh next time we'll we'll be discussing citizen kane and the godfather and yeah i'll fall i'll fall asleep halfway and the phantom probably. menace <laughs> <laughs> the, the phantom penis <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn! On, on, on that note <laughs> the phantom yeah. penis that was so perfect um all right thanks everybody for joining us for this uh cnr sidebar we're gonna be back ne- maybe next week uh with another ranking this one's gonna be fun hmm. i'm yeah i'm looking forward to this one um, but either way, whenever we show up again, we'll be back with another ranking. So thank you for your continued support. Peanut butter platypus to all of the PBPs, all of the best people in the world. That's you. That's everyone that's still here. All the PBPs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And as usual, I will throw it over to uh, to my old chap. <laughs> Wait, no, not, that's not what it is. Old chap. Chap doesn't mean friend. It means uh, just like dude or guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, my mate, my old mate. There you go. Uh, my old mate Eddie Sparks to take us out.
Look, if you're all edged because I'm wheezing on your grindage, just chill. Okay, if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing going on at my pod, I'd go gr grind over there. So don't text my gig so hardcore, Cruster. Perfect. Later, buddy. <laughs>